Thank you very kindly, sir. It's a real, real pleasure, and I, I just reiterate, Paul, you you run a wonderfully informative tour, and it's uh, and we even got a feed on the way, and we'll let you tell people about that a little later. <laughs> <laughs> now, Paul, tell us a bit about yourself and your heritage. Yeah, my name is Paul Rudd. I'm a, I was born down in East Gippsland. My tribe down there is Brabalongalakurno. Um, I'm also the descendant of the Gunijmara Kiwaram uh, through my grandmother, Mary Austin, who was born at Framlingham. And as a young girl, she yeah, was taken from Framlingham and moved to Gippsland and met my grandfather and had my mum and all the aunties and uncles and sort of grew up around that area. Uh, my father's originally from now in New South Wales, so I belong to the Ewan Thorough nation over there as well. Oh, wonderful. And what took you to Warrnambool? How did you end up in Warrnambool? I'm a Gippsland person myself. I was there on a visit. You live there. <laughs> I used to grew up in Gippsland, yeah. Um, that's a tricky question because back in the early 80s, uh, when Native Title first came about, Uncle Banjo Clark sent a message down to my grandmother for her to um, claim her birthplace out of Framlingham where she was born on traditional grounds. Um, she wasn't too happy to come back, so she sent me as part of the uh, family uh, responsible and messenger for the family. And Uncle Banjo sort of informed me on Lannis area, the, uh, the dreaming stories of that. So I've just been making my way back and forth over the years. And about 15 years ago, I went through a, a court custody battle down in Gippsland and ended up here with um, my children and been here 15 years. Yes, and uh, and it's a lovely place. Now, I met you at uh, Tower Hill, which is a major um, national landmark on the Princess Highway between Warrnambool and Port Ferry in southwestern Victoria. Um, it's got a fantastic and very long history. You might like to tell us a bit about uh, the Tower Hill uh, estate. Yeah, Tower Hill's an old volcano that erupted probably 35,000 years ago. Um in 1961, they've uh, turned it into a state game reserve. Um, it's been under that park, National Park Heritage, for a while now. Um, before that eruption or before that, the Indigenous components have always occupied the lands for thousands of years. Um, we've been coming back and forwards, I don't know, for thousands of years, I believe, if you believe in reincarnation. Um, so we've been around, um, I do, I've been working at Tower Hill for the last five years now. Uh, with school groups, uh, international visitors, and some locals have actually been going out to Tower Hill for many years and uh, been informed to come on my tours, and they've very been appreciative to come on my tour because I didn't realise how much uh, bush tucker is available when it is in season. And we like it when the school groups come back because it's very... Um, to me, I've been working with education for about 30-odd years. My main successors would be Wesley College down in Camp Milana down in East Gippsland, I stopped working with them in 2000. Um, so Tower Hill is a beautiful place to come and visit if you're passing through that area. Uh, the wildlife is beautiful to there. Uh, the koalas, the kangaroos, the emus, the wallabies, the birds. Wildlife is very beautiful. And some form of the area do have snakes. Um, they do sometimes come across the path of them. But just leave them alone and you'll be right. Yeah, we try to do that. Now, um it, it has a history that goes back a long, long time with the different clans of the Gunditjmara nation, including the Koroit Gunditj and the Peak Warong people. Um, yep. Yet when early settlers came there, um, it's looking lovely now, but it, it wasn't looking lovely um, 
somewhere in the last hundred years uh, for different periods of time, was it, uh, Paul? Yes. By 1865, uh, the farmers or settlers took all the uh, tree lighting out of uh, Tower Hill. So they, there was no trees, no wildlife in Tower Hill for many years. Um, they, I believe they had five quarries out there for a while. Um, in the late 1880s, the Irish were putting potatoes out there. Um, 1940s, they had cattle out there. Um, I don't think the wildlife, uh, the sustainability of that soil was good enough for the uh, farming situation. So um, the late 60s decided, or sorry, early 60s, they turned it into a state regained reserve and started replanting all the trees back in all through the 60s, the late 60s, early 70s. They uh, started to reintroduce all the wildlife. So where we are now, it's taken a good time to get back. And, and it's just turned out to be a nice little place where it is. Well, just another couple of little things that I'd like to see happening out there for Tower Hill to make it a little bit more tidier and maybe a bit more places where we can take more people and maybe extend our tour a little bit longer, I guess. We'll have to work something out for the future for that one. Mm, although you're very good on the tours, the information you pack in, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still digesting that as well as the, the wonderful um, native food that I'm having. Now, descendants of the early family groups still live in the area and, and they're involved in the management of the Tower Hill Visitor Centre. You might like to explain that a little more, Paul. Well, um, the organisation is run by Indigenous uh, people and non-Indigenous people of the community. Uh, we run the information centre out at Tower Hill, so we do all the coffees and drinks and information to what people would like about the history of the volcano eruption, the history of the settlers and the uh, in, in, Indigenous components of how we lived and occupied for thousands of years. Um, we also work in conjunction with Parks Victoria, which they actually run the park. We run the information centre and hopefully we've got a good joint partnership together. For the, I've been out there for five years, but Warren Gunnage has been running with Parks Victoria out there for the information centre for about 15 or 10 years, sorry. Now you said so, that, that you'd like a couple of things changed there. I mean, I went there and uh, it looks pretty good. What would you like to see to make it even better? Well, you know how we've um, had that last big bushfire that came through our country yes. and it, done a lot of wildlife damage and a lot of damage to properties. If we look together as land management, um, I'd like to see a burn-off program structured out there, um, maybe shut the park down for the day and do a burn-off because the trees do need to be re-lit up for regrowth. The seeds need to be pollen, uh, heat to make them come out as well. As at the same time, there's a lot of hemlock out there, so get rid of the weeds by burning off and hopefully the regrowth of the trees and everything will come back even better and better. Mm, absolutely. So all about land management, I guess, and I think we've had 200 years to work it out. If we haven't worked it out, we need to sit down and, and work something out for our future. As I say to a lot of people, um, Aboriginal people have managed the land for thousands of years. No money, no gas, electricity and politicians. Imagine what we could do for the world future. And not one building in the world is going to feed any, any person or any human. If we look after lands, at least we've got an, a, a beautiful future. And I can't see why Australians can't lead by example to the world when it comes to conservation and mm. land. Absolutely, Paul. It's a good point. When you take a short break, can you hold the line? I surely can, sir. Thank you.
Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick. We're in a discussion with Paul Wright, an Indigenous culture tour guide in Tower Hill, Warrnambool, Victoria. Welcome back, Paul. Thank you very much, Henry. Paul, now on your tour guide, it's a fascinating thing, the, the things you pack into it. You might like to uh, give people an overview of when, you do, when, you, when you're talking to the people and showing them around the reserve, what, what is it that you focus on and emphasise? Um, well, we'd like to break down, uh, we do our natural uh, information of the tour, tours of Tower Hill itself. Um, on a personal level myself, I'm, I've been doing outdoor education for probably 30 odd years, and I'd like to talk about spirituality of respect. Um, respect is very important for me. Um, I'd like to let the young fellas know, no matter where you go in the world, um, whether you know people's language or not, one word goes a long way in all cultures. Um, you don't have to know their language or know them. All you have to do is show them that one little word and it goes a long way. So respect is very important that I like to educate um, when it comes to balance. Um, respect the elders, respect each other, uh, especially the land, which is very important because without the land, we would not have a, have a home, I guess, so to speak. And the other one is just about just being a human being. Um, programs and the corporations and organisations will only last so long. Buildings of I've, I've known over the years every empire has to be has gone down and collapsed. I think we believe on a religious level that we're at the last base of the Bible. If you look at the religious side of the Christianity, um, because this country was forced upon, um, we was taught to believe in the Lord Jesus. I do have, believe in the Lord Jesus and the Father very strongly out of respect, um, because we got to keep balance, and I believe that. Respect does go a long way. So my focus in education is about respect, I guess. Mm, and that is so true. When children come on your tours, um, you've met a lot of kids in your time. What is it that fascinates them most about um, Tower Hill and the things you tell them from what you notice? Well, I think it's more important is how you tell your story to the young ones and make them listen to a story. Um, and make them feel that what you're saying is honestly and from the heart and not from just like reading it out of a textbook or something. So I focus on the most, like I said, the spiritual side as well. Um, if the young ones, um, I like playing didgeridoo for them, um, they shut their eyes, listen to the ears, and I ask them to pick out the animal sound when I read animal calls and sounds, because some of them never been at bush before. Um, so yeah, I just like to focus on the happiness and hopefully that, that they will go away with a little bit more positive um, knowledge and understanding. So to me, if I put a smile on someone's face for the day, that's to me, I made a, my, my job, well, I'm happy just to see someone walk away smiling and the families can do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, um, the, the bush tucker, I was fascinated by that. I mean, um, if I walked in the bush, uh, but, well, even now I probably would struggle, <laughs> I, I would starve to death, but there's no reason to do that. You, you, no, you gave, right. Tell us a bit about the bush tucker you got there. Well, the bush tucker that we have there is varieties, um, the native celery, pig face, warrigal greens or barrel spinach, so we call them. Then we've got all the little berries that are coming in season, like the uh, cherry ballads, tangled uh, uh, apples. I call them a native grape. Um, some of the people want to know the name of all the plants, and I just tell them go see Mr. Google because you know Mr. Google fifty dollars <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's important that uh, the young fellas understand our bush tuckers today, because yeah, they do go for a walk. And what I show them out there isn't much, but there's enough to last you get you through the day. It's just like sitting at home and go to the fruit bowl, go to the lolly bowl, or go to the 
you know, Bicky Bowl or just pick out during the daytime. And that's what the bush is all about. To me, it's like a big shopping centre, smorgasbord you've never been to. It's all there. you just got to find it. Absolutely. I was interested in the one that um, the emus were eating, that yellow berry, green berry. And um, I ate a green one. Well, you, I remember, you might remember I ate a green one, which is not very tasty. No, no, and I, I got a sore tummy out of that. Yes, it is. It's um, We call it a kangaroo apple. It's also known as a bush tomato. Um, it does go green. It's no good. When it's yellow, it's very no good. When it's orange, it's very safe to eat. Yeah, well, I couldn't help myself. You did tell me I would, <laughs> I'd feel it. I did about an hour later. I had a oh, slight yeah. tummy ache because I ate one that was yellow-green. Yes, I think I ate one similar with an orange, and I didn't realise there was a little bit of green at the other end of it. And, yeah, I had a similar belly for about 10 minutes walking around that tourist. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite bush tucker? Oh, I get that every day. It's very tricky. Um, when it's in season, they're all very nice. Um, I guess whatever's in season, that's, that's the good thing about bush tucker. When one goes out, another one comes in. So you've got your favourite fruit nearly all the time. One will come like a kangaroo apple and a bush tomato to me is very nice. Um, I can't say which is my favourite, really. I like the um, gum sap off the wattle tree because that's very nice when you're walking around and you've got nothing else to eat and you're just picking through and that. So certain flavours will come nice to your taste buds when you're in a hungry situation, I guess. I mean, it's hard to say what is nice. <laughs> it is. It's, it's all nice. Now, one of the things that I, I did notice in your presentations while you were uh, talking about those issues of um, respect, which is the key word, one of the, the areas you did go into was um, respect for our Indigenous people. And that um, hasn't always been um, satisfactory over the 200 years since white settlement. Um, that's obviously... Uh, an important issue, which should be an important issue to all of us, isn't it? Building that. Well, I believe, like I say, um, if we can look after these lands for thousands of years um, and not destroy it, and in a very short amount of time without all international or other visitors coming to Australia, and the impact that we've got in this country, if we can respect the wisdom between each other's cultures and we can put that knowledge together, maybe we can package a better future for the next generation, the unborn generation and their unborn generation. So we plan 10 generations ahead, not 10 years. So that's how we live for a long time, is we look at the generations, not the five or 10 years' time, because we're, when we're not around, them generations will be. So we need to protect the lands for their future as well. Now... It would be remiss of me not to mention something. We've just got through January and there's been a lot of debate. Australia Day. Um, there's a, a lot of discussion about Australia Day. Where do you sit on Australia Day? Oh, that's a, well, to me, it's just another normal day. Um, well, personally, to us, we know that's a day that other people came. James Cook first settled into Australia or in, came to it. The, the difference between settling and invasion that's the difference that a lot of people, I hate the word mental health, because mental health issues is a lot of people got issues or mental issues. That's why I like to focus on the spiritual health, because spiritually, if we're all going to claim to be an Australian, then we need to focus on our spirit, because Australians ain't racism, Australians ain't sexism, Australians ain't greedy, Australians don't destroy their motherland. If we are true Australians, then we need to work together as Australians, because I believe we need to work from the heart, not the head and the pocket. 
It's a good, good point there, absolutely. Now, Bunjil. Bunjil's a very important uh, part of your culture. You might like to tell us our children um, are studying that area. Um, it, it, explain to people who are not familiar, the, the, the non-Indigenous people, the importance and significance of Bunjil in our Indigenous culture. Well, to, to, to say it in a real quickly, simple, easiest way, Bunjil to us is like Jesus to a Christian. Banjul is, is our creator, and he's left his totem or his image in the shape of an eagle. So when we tell we see an eagle, he reminds us of our, our father, our creator, Banjul. Mm, so when you when you say your blessings or you go to church every Sunday, you look at a book and you say your prayers to that book. That book is your totem of the Lord Jesus. Well, our totem is the eagle. That represent our creator, Bunjil. So we read the land the way you read the Bible. So that's probably the easiest way I can explain it. Sorry about that. No, no, that's an excellent explanation. Straight to the point, Paul. Paul, time's getting away from us. No worries. Um, um, I guess it's a good question. It won't hurt you. Why should people visit Tower Hill if they're over in the Western Districts? Uh, because it's a very, uh, put it this way, it's very ice, just like a little oasis, walking, going in, driving into, just like your little oasis. Um, it's down in the valley. You, like, can, you can't see from the highway, but when you get on top of the lookout, and it's just a nice, peaceful, relaxing place to come and enjoy. Yes, and you can get a lovely walk there. You've got a beautiful panoramic view from the top of it, and yes, you're right. And there's plenty of bush tucker there if you know what to eat, and if you don't... And if you, if you don't like the bush tucker, you'd always enjoy a boomerang throw with me. That's true, and we had some fun with the boomerang. What's the trick to getting the boomerang to come back? Um, throw it properly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what does throwing it properly mean? Because you were instructing us all very carefully with that. Yes, it, uh, it, some people, it does get tricky because there is a little angle at a one o'clock angle and it's all about the wrist throwing. So if you pick up a normal stick, throw it straight ahead. The same thing with the boomerang. Um, never throw sideways and never lean sideways. Um, always throw 45 right angle of the wind and just throw like a normal stick and don't use too much power. Excellent. All in that. All in that. Yes, you're certainly right, and I was quite in awe of watching you throw it. Paul, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you, and I can't wait to get back down there again in the not-too-distant future because it's a place you can visit again and again, and, and there's always something there to learn. Thank you so much for your time and, and the lessons you, you share. And all the best, ladies and gentlemen, for the future. Absolutely. That was Paul Wright, Indigenous Culture Tour Guide down there at Tower Hill, a wonderful, iconic place at Warrnambool. We'll take a short break. Mm -hmm.